Thank you, Steve, so much. Appreciate you coming and, and leading us in song and, and singing this song today that has great meaning for us. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd love for you to turn with me to St. John, the 12th chapter, beginning in verse 12, going through verse 17, as it talks about Jesus coming into Jerusalem as a king, not as a worldly king, but as a spiritual king, as the Messiah of all the world. It says here in verse 12, The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on His way to Jerusalem. And they took palm branches and went over to meet Him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated in a donkey's coat. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd uh, was with him after he had called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead as he continued to spread the word. May God bless the reading and the hearing and the understanding of his precious and holy word. Not just a quick hallelujah. Some years ago, a book was written by Gene Smith, a noted historian. The book was entitled, When the Cheering Stopped. It was about President Woodrow Wilson, who was involved before and after World War I. You see, he played an integral part in all the events surrounding that war. And after it was over, he was an international hero. He was a person who brought optimism both at home and abroad. People believed in him, and people uh, thought that uh, he was one of the greatest people of all time as he brought democracy to the world. They thought democracy uh, would always be there on his first visit to Paris after the war. Wilson was greeted by cheering crowds. He, he was a rock star there. He was the most popular uh, person, even more so than their own heroes. The same thing was true in England and Italy. In a Vienna hospital that he went to there, there was a Red Cross worker who had gathered the children and said, because of the war and difficult times, uh, she said, there will not be any Christmas presents this year. Well, the children didn't believe that because they had heard that President Wilson was coming to their country and to their place. He brought hope and optimism. But we find that the cheering only lasted about a year. Then it gradually began to dissipate. For those leaders in Europe, they soon found their own agendas that they wanted to take care of. And even at home, President Wilson ran into oppositions in the United States Senate, and the League of Nations was not ratified. Under great strain and stress, President Wilson's health began to decline. As they had the election, his party was defeated, and he found himself a defeated person. 
in the midst of all this. Only some months before he was paraded around as the new Messiah for the world to see. But in the end, he was a broken and defeated man. It's a sad story, but one that's not altogether unfamiliar in our world today for the ultimate reward for someone who tries to translate ideals into reality is apt to experience frustration and defeat. There are some exceptions, of course, but not too many. For we find here in the story of Jesus, as he comes into Jerusalem, he comes riding in uh, with great applause. And yet we find in the end that there were many who wanted him to be defeated. I've always sensed that there was something a little bit unusual about this original story of Palm Sunday. This celebration that we read about here in Jerusalem. A huge question mark looms over this whole event. Think about it. A crowd that is estimated between 100 and 200,000 people have lined the street in Jerusalem. These people have come to cheer for this itinerant preacher uh, from Nazareth. His name was Jesus, and yet they are not really sure why they are cheering. They don't really know who he is. About that time of the year uh, that we experience now in our day, the springtime, the city of Jerusalem was bursting at the seams with religious pilgrims that were coming over for the Passover festival. It had been estimated that there may be some 2.5 million people that were in that area of Jerusalem during this time. The crowds were enthusiastic, but the politicians would say that Jesus' support was broad, but it was shallow. You see, the big money, the power structure folk, they hated Jesus because who he said that he was. The crowds who lined the streets, many of them did so possibly because uh, they were opposing uh, the political establishment, the Romans in that day and time, and they were wanting to do anything they could uh, to be able to move them out. Jesus' mood on that day uh, was not always victorious. Uh, we find evidence that it says as he entered into Jerusalem that he began to weep. He, he was weeping because he realized that so many opportunities that they had been afforded, they were missing out on those opportunities. Maybe he saw later in the week, that Passion Week that we call it, those same crowds who were shouting Hosanna would be shouting crucify him. So he was tearful. He was sad in a way, for he knew what was coming. He would have to find himself catering to a different group of people later in the week. But we find in Isaiah 53 that the prophet is able to predict that this will take place with Jesus. Today, when we are asked, how are you doing? I don't know how you would respond. Uh, since we are living in such a difficult and uncertain day, uh, we may ask that question to one another. I've said that a time or two. People said that back to me. Well, how are you doing? And I've got a variety of responses. I've had 
some people who said, well, I, I'm doing great. It's been wonderful to be able to spend time with my family and friends and to be able uh, to catch up on some things that I'd like to catch up on. And other people say, I'm not doing too good at all. I'm about to go absolutely crazy staying here at home. But we find being Christian means that we come to terms with the very suffering of Jesus Christ himself. Christians can't understand suffering until we can understand the suffering that Jesus Christ encountered as he himself went to the cross. And so today, as we talk about our theme being not a quick hallelujah, if he hung there on that cross, he did it for a reason, a purpose, for a better life for us. So he walks with us during these days as well, uh, that he understands our hurt, he understands our sorrows, he understands our problems. He understands suffering because he himself suffered on our behalf. How are we hanging for Jesus? Are we hanging in or hanging out? Or we may be saying we're just hanging on by our fingertips. For Judas and others, that Palm Sunday uh, would be a party or a parade time, a time when Jesus would come into Jerusalem holding a sword, riding in on a white horse, ushering in a new kingdom. There were those who thought that Palm Sunday would be a party time, a time for pomp and circumstances, a time for balloons, a time of fireworks and confetti. And they were disappointed when Jesus rode in on a little humble donkey without the dazzle and without the spectacle of such events. They saw the parade, hear me, and they left and went their way. There are many big event Christians in the world in which we are living in today. They come for a minute and then they're gone. When the show is over, they hit the road. They're drawn to the Christian faith because of the glitter and the glamour and because sometimes the sensationalism. But when the lights are shining and the trumpets are blowing, and the banners are waving, and the troops are marching along, they show up in full force, like the blaze of a red rocket glare. They flash for a moment across the sky, and then the light disappears. They come for the fireworks display. But when that is over, they get into their cars and they leave. So long as the show is entertaining... They're up front, center, watching that. But when there's no production to see any longer, they go their own separate ways. Some of them came to see the great production, the great show, the great parade that day for Jesus, but that was all that they did. One local pastor complained, that his congregation lacked spiritual depth. When it came to those things that were spiritually appropriate, he said oftentimes his congregation would turn their backs on that. And it's interesting, a quote that he made. He said, whenever it comes to doing things that are spiritually correct, I always have a problem. But when it comes to things that are show-oriented, I never have a problem. It is not only a problem 
confronting the streets of Jerusalem on Palm Sunday as we see in this story and what followed during that week in Jesus' life. But we see also that it is a malady that is plaguing our society today. When churches are having all-time low attendance, Jesus doesn't just want us to be entertained, but He wants us to be a part of building and sustaining, working and suffering for the kingdom of God. Sometimes, yes, even suffering. Counting the cost. While attracted to the glitter of the church life, some avoid with helping a church succeed and develop that winning attitude over the long haul. These persons hang in there for a little while, but if they encounter that rough patch, which all of us will encounter, we see them going a separate way, a different way from the church. Secondly, I hope that we see that those in that day, and even in our day, that there were the persecuting and the hallelujah people. You see, the persecuting Christians show up to tear down, to crucify. The true hallelujah Christians, they show up to uplift and to, and to encourage and to bring resurrection to the world. There were those who spent their time nailing Jesus Christ to the cross. And there were those who were there who were always looking to minister and they were thinking about where can we bury him if he's going to die. The persecuting folk, they show up when there's a hanging or a lynching that's going to take place. They always have their hammers and nails and their two-by-fours ready to nail somebody else to the cross Never mind that the person may be good. Never mind that that person may be innocent like Jesus was. They always show up as a part of the mob scene. And when it's time to nail somebody or tear somebody down, they're there. They rarely have anything good to say about another person. They're always criticizing in order to tear down. They can care less about somebody else's feelings. When there's a lynching, a lynching or a hanging, you can trust they'll always show up. In my reading about the Old West history, one writer said that because of the absence of social outlets and activities, many people on the frontier showed up at the hangings. Now, some of you, if you think you're getting bored already, can you imagine the Old West and the, the world that they lived in? They had no social outlets hardly at all. So when they would have a hanging of all things, they would come with their picnic baskets. They would come with a pallet of blankets to be able to lay out. And they waited for the hanging. And when they had the hanging, they experienced that and they went home. This is what happened with Jesus. They showed up. Yes, on Palm Sunday and shouted, Hosanna. But some of the same group there later in the week was shouting, Free Barabbas, crucify Jesus. They weren't concerned about the facts. The facts simply didn't matter. What we need in our world today is hallelujah people who will help build God's kingdom spread His joy, provide some hallelujah hope for people in need. 
You see, I'm not real interested in folks who specialize in blowing out another's candle, but in those who are able to light a candle in the midst of somebody else's darkness to light up the room. That's the kind of people that Jesus is trying to encourage to be a part of His ministry. Will you be one of those? I've seen many examples of folks lighting another person's candle during this time uh, that we're going through this crisis, this epidemic that we have encountered. I have seen people with goodwill and concern who are trying to propagate the cause of Jesus Christ because they see other people in need. Maybe there's some real good that has come out of this experience that we're going through. Maybe it's led us closer to the Lord. Maybe it's helped us to understand really what is important in our lives. And maybe it's caused us to look outside of ourselves and see who it is that we can minister to. Many of us are scared and afraid, and yet at the same time, God calls us to be His ministers. You see, if we aren't doing those kinds of things, we aren't paying the rent, and all of us need to be a part of paying the rent and furthering the cause of Christ. All of us need to have some skin in the game. Many people just come for the parade, but they never pay the rent, and they never have any skin in the game. Christ calls us to walk along with Him, not just during those times of the parades, but even as He goes to the cross. That group that shouted Hosanna on Sunday were some of the same ones shouting crucify Him a few days later. But you see, Jesus uh, was not stopped in His own tracks. There is something within our own human nature, the human personality, that will often gravitate and draw us to the darker things of life. We must all struggle at some point or another not to allow that darker side to take over. We don't want to be known as people who are always bringing bad news to this world that we are called as instruments of evil. No, we are to bring good news, the good news of Jesus Christ to this world that we live in. The party time people have a short hang time. Those who are persecutors have no hang time at all. They are not even remotely interested in being the kingdom of God and sharing the good news. But here is the good news. The third group, and this is a group that all of us need to be in, is the hallelujah persevering Christian. These are people who hang in there for Jesus Christ. You see, they even pay a price through on personal sufferings for the things that are of God. I saw a rerun early in the week of an individual from Illinois College. He is five foot ten, and his name is Jacob Tucker. He won the dunk contest in 2011, the NCAA dunk contest. He's five foot ten, and he has a vertical leap of over 50 inches. He's amazing. He won the contest by throwing a basketball off the side uh, of the backboard and took it and dunked it, and he won. You see, his hang time is unbelievable. Because he has such a hang time, he was able to make those incredible dunks. 
The same is true of Christians who truly love and serve the Lord. We score points on the scoreboard of eternity because we are a part of the winning team. And we are willing to hang as long as it takes to get the job done. We are persevering at the first little bump in the road that we encounter. We don't leave and go home, but we stay in there for the long haul. We're going to be with uh, the cause of Christ to the very end. Remember the crucifixion and the resurrection are two of the most important events within our own Christian faith. And we'll celebrate the resurrection next week. But we find here the cross. The cross uh, and the crucifixion was a terrible way to die. The individual would hang there for long periods of time. We are told that Jesus Himself uh, was there on the cross from the third to the ninth hour. It was a terrible way to suffer and die and end your life. And yet we find uh, that the weight of those nails in His hand uh, eventually suffocated Him to death. To think that Jesus paid the price that is the source of our joy and hope today is absolutely exhilarating. For He died for each of us on the cross. His hang time was unbelievable. There were those who were saying, come on off the cross, save yourself if you will. But Jesus could have done that, but He chose not to because He understood there was a greater mission and a greater ministry as a result of staying on the cross so that we would have salvation. We're able to enjoy salvation today as people of faith because Christ had great hang time on the cross. It's not the party time which defines us. It's not the persecutors or naysayers which describe us. But it's that staying with it to the end that is able to save us. Christ did it, and He asked us to do it as well. What's your hang time this morning? Can you hang in there for Jesus Christ? Can you hang in there in those times which promote and help uh, others in the kingdom of God? What is your hang time in these difficult days that we're in? I think about all the servants of Christ that have come before us. We've had faithful people in this church. You've had faithful people in the church that you belong to. In this community, we could all talk about those great saints. And they experienced great difficulty. I have heard story after story as I've been in the ministry about how people hung in there during difficult times. It wasn't easy. They didn't want to go back and do it again. But because they had a deep faith in Jesus Christ, because they trusted in Him, they knew that He was walking along beside them. They were able to go through those times. Friends, it's our time. During this Easter season, to have some hang time. To stay in there, to persevere, to do the work that God has called us to do. There's a great ministry out there for all of us. If we'll open our eyes and do it. Hang time is a time we spend sacrificing ourselves for the things of God during these personal times of suffering uh, in which life seemingly seems unsurmountable with difficulties. Many of you listening today may feel that you are suffering and sacrificing, and you may very well be some more so than others. Christ gives us staying power and the ability to hang in there in tough times by the sacrifice uh, that He gave us on the cross. By hanging for us and by following and accepting Him we can hang through these tough times in our lives. I believe that. 
Oh, how often we are distracted by pain and suffering. How often the least little thing prevents us from going to greater heights and greater glory. Many people shouted at Jesus to come down from the cross and save himself, but he was determined to hang in there for his people so that we could have eternal salvation. How are you doing today hanging in there? Do you come today feeling discouraged? Are you ready to give up hope and trust in God's ability to deliver you from defeat and despair? It is a quick hallelujah. Or is it a walk all the way to the cross and beyond that with the victory that we find in the resurrection and eventually with eternity with the Lord? How are you willing to pay to build the kingdom of God? How much are you willing to sacrifice to make your life and those around you a better place to live? Your hang time will be a clue to your staying power for the things uh, that God has in store for you. Whatever you're facing today, hang in there. God will see you through. Let me tell you, don't give up. Don't get disheartened. Don't get discouraged. God walks with you every step of your journey on this day. He knows personally what it means to go through hard times. He went through hard times. He went through anguish. He went through disappointment. He went through sadness. Those he thought that were with him in the end walked away from him. He knows what it means to go through difficult times and to suffer. Don't quit. Hang in there. God is with you. Not a quick hallelujah, but we find a life bathed in Christ. Amen and amen. As we depart from this time together, let me say that we continue to pray for all of you who are hurting and suffering and anxious and afraid today. I hope that each of you today will feel the very power and presence of God. And although we're not here again for this Easter uh, service for Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday, we are all in one accord in seeking the Lord. May it cause us to pray more, to read the Scriptures more, to spend time in reflection, uh, to mature in our faith, to draw closer to the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, help us that we'll have great hang time. Help us that we'll be in that group of hallelujah people, Hosanna people, that not only stood on the streets and did that on Palm Sunday, but we'll be in the crowd not wanting to crucify Christ. We'll be people who are with Christ all the way. Lord, we celebrate the faith that we have in you. We trust that you would help us to get through these uh, crazy times that we're in, these times in which we're all struggling and trying to find answers. We pray that we would step back, relax, and trust in you, that we would rest in you. Lord, may we find a way during these days to become better, to find ways to minister one to the other that we will not only pray for people, we'll let them know we're praying for them. We'll not only talk about how we can minister, we'll do ministry uh, as we find ways to do that. Lord, bless us. 
Preserve us and keep us in your sight. For it's in the name of Christ our Lord we make this prayer. Amen. As we depart today, let me encourage all of you to stay safe and protected. Uh, we have here in our service today only six people. We've been practicing as much social distancing as we can. We're in a safe place here. We encourage you to do that. I'm very careful. I know that you're being careful. Uh, we want to get over the hump with this uh, disease, this epidemic, uh, so that all of us can return to a normal way of living again. And I just pray for you that the Lord would bless you and keep you and that He'd hold you in the very palm of His hands. May God bless you until we're together again. Again, I would, I would mention on Thursday, if you'd like to join us for our live service at 6.30, we'll have Molly 30 service. And uh, we hope that you'll come and prepare to do communion with us in your own home. May God bless you and keep you as we depart.